Everybody wants beautiful family photos, right? But it can be so awkward and painful to capture them. Well, our guest today, Erin Blackwell, is an incredible photographer who shares some of her secrets on how to pose and capture great pictures. And we followed a fun little rabbit trail about the pros and cons of boudoir photography, too. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. All right, welcome to the show. This is episode 157. We're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Hey, how y'all doing? It is the beginning of December 2019. It is Christmas season. And I'm feeling the crushing pressure of putting out a holiday Christmas card. Oh my gosh, yes. No, like... We've been talking like, oh, we need to get that picture done. We need to do this for like three weeks now. Yeah, because last year I said I was no, going to no, no. send out last the previous year. year's cards, and I never even did that. So 2017, <laughs> we had the pictures done. We did the cards and everything that we had them shipped to the house, and we never addressed them and sent them out. And so then the last next year, the joke year, was we'll send the old ones out. We're going to send the 20. Yeah. But we so never did will that get these either. calendars and we'll just tell them we got a deal because the calendars were <laughs> mistyped and everything. Either way, we need some We're terrible about stuff like this. About not photos. just Not just like writing, writing and correspondence and cards and things like that, but also pictures. Like, I know. Frankly, if I don't take the picture, we don't have a picture. And you have a better camera on your phone. It feels a little blamey. But... It is a little blamey. I, like mm. I want if if I if I got hit by a bus, my kids wouldn't know what I looked like. Stop, Justin. <gasps> it's on that Christmas card from Men two years deserve ago. to be in pictures too. And so oh Dads deserve to be in pictures too. I don't think women Aaron it's all, talks it's always all about the ladies. Aaron talks about how ladies don't get in the pictures most of all because they what? usually take the pictures. What? Yes. Yes. Well, somehow our household is upside down. It is upside down. But, and I do have to confess that we only mostly have pictures of our oldest daughter on the wall because all the pictures are about four years old and our youngest is five. Yeah. So I mean, we haven't really done anything. Barely with, a peanut when we have all the pictures on yeah, the wall. We haven't really done anything with, with pictures and stuff. We need Since to, we moved into this house. We dedicated that when we were putting out this podcast, we were going to do that to the house. So All we're right. doing it. So we need to get on that. And and like, y'all, if you don't see us on social. Look at me, Posting Justin. stuff I, this I week. See, I see in your eyes that you're saying, Danielle, you're doing this picture. No. Okay, we're going to do it doing together. what picture? Put the pictures on the wall. We. Are yeah. we going to do it together? We'll do it together. Okay, come here. I mean, as together as our schedule allows. Okay, we'll do it together. All right, you guys, we are so excited. We're talking all about capturing those family memories, and we have a Speaking, ton yeah. of laughter with and, Aaron and Blackwell. Talking about She's photography. amazing. Aaron Blackwell is an incredible photographer. You you guys look it's, in the show notes, get, grab her website address, and go look at the shots she does. She is an art, artist. Artist. Yeah. It is it is incredible, and she does 
uh, family stuff. She does business stuff. She does headshots. She does oh. boudoir photography. Which little we talked bit. about. We should talk about in the show. All right. Hey, let's get to our conversation about capturing those family memories with Aaron Blackwell. So we are joined on the podcast today. We have Erin Blackwell with us. We are just so excited because she is an amazing photographer and she is just talking about how to really capture um, those moments when you are just like a fun loving person, but you don't want to have like those awkward, you know, like those awkward photos Taking that people decent pictures is not like, it's not child's play. No, it's not easy. she wants you to make you, look... or maybe I just overthink everything. You do. Which is highly likely everything, but she does want us, our fun loving side to come out in our photographs with, um, us, maybe it's a professional or as families. And, um, she's just here yes. to uh, shed a little light on that, especially going into the holiday season. Welcome to the show, Erin Blackwell. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited. Good, 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 good. So I want to know, were you a photographer? Like, were you like an artist? Like, did you have that eye even when you were a little kid? Um, I feel like I had the eye. I feel like that's something you either have or you don't. That's not really something you can learn, like the technical side of photography. Um, but I definitely didn't know how to use a digital camera. So that's something I had to learn big time. <laughs> Do you feel like that's something that um, even like as a kid, like our kids right now, they're like five and eight and they're getting into like the technology kind of thing. Do you oh gosh, think that's yeah. a thing that's really going to be a big deal in the future for kids now just to even just know how to capture art or capture uh, a picture or something like that, because I feel like I definitely do not have that skill. And I don't know if it's just the technology wasn't there when I was a kid. I just never learned it. But do kids need to learn that now? Well, I think it's definitely easier now. I mean, think about these little, you know, three-year-olds have tablets in their hands. They're drawing on tablets. They're taking with cell phones. I mean, they're doing things that, you know, our generation didn't, didn't have at our disposal. So I think it's, it's really cool. And I think that we will definitely see like a huge upswing in just creativity with this, this next couple of generations coming through. What did you, did you ever have like a moment, like when you were young that you're like, man, I feel like I have a view or a window to life that other people don't. Hmm. I think uh, I always loved to draw. I was always into art, but I think the the actual eye that you're referring to, I felt in high school. Um, I didn't know how to take a picture, but I could see the picture in my mind that I wanted to take. I knew what I wanted something to look like. Um, and so it just took a few years for the techno, technical to catch up to that. But yes, I, I definitely remember um, I would go through magazines all the time and, and look at pictures and, and try to figure out how they were taken, how they were lit. So I was always kind of thinking in that way. And I think that helped a lot once I did start to learn the technical side of my camera. I remember because uh, I took some photography classes in high or college and like that was part of my degree and everything. I remember studying this. It was a double or triple exposure image. And, and I, it's one of the most famous ones. It's like it's like a tree stump with a house that looks like it's growing out of the tree yeah. stump. Uh-huh. You know the one I'm talking yeah, about? I <laughs> and I just just thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do stuff like this? I want to do stuff like this. And, and at that point doing it with film and, you know, and 
I the only thing I remember about you and your photography classes was you were always trying to get me to go in the black room with you somehow. Dark room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The dark room. You were like, hey. We had some fun times in the dark room. We gotta yeah. exposure this and dip it and something, something. Oh, it's overexposed now. I'm sure it was totally photography. Wow. That was just that was just laden with so much innuendo. It's, it's amazing and wildly inappropriate. So thank you for that. Not for this show, it's not inappropriate. But I I do remember like the whole film thing. I feel like was very overwhelming for a lot of people of our age. Still have like so we're in our mid forties. I guess we're in our mid forties, and I feel like at least for me, I still have even some of that mindset of like, oh, it's like, it has to be special. It has to get developed. It has to do like where I think a lot of the people that are younger than us don't have any of that thought or baggage. Like it's a lot more, there's a lot more freedom. Well, yeah, that's that's the overthinking part that I do. Cause I'm Uh like, okay, I got to bust out Photoshop and start making things happen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I want to know, so you and your husband, Evan, um what how did you guys meet in the first place we love to hear those beginning stories yeah we have a pretty funny one I was we were both living in the San Diego area at the time he was born and raised there in Carlsbad um and my family had moved there about two years prior and I was working at um the Crate and Barrel outlet store and he was a security guard (laughs) for the mall and I would see him walk by and I just thought he was so handsome and I remember telling my coworkers, there goes my future husband and everyone laughed at me, but sure enough. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Oh, I love it. He would buy like one glass. I mean, there's not really much for men to buy in Crate and Barrel. So he would (laughs) (laughs) one glass. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, He had a collection of different glasses. So (laughs) (laughs) he came out with a new glass. Ooh, I better get in there. (laughs) So it was pretty obvious. Like he was pretty obvious. Yep, yep, yep. And yeah, we started dating, and that was really it from there. I mean, um, we I think we dated about a year and a half before we got married. So Wow. Okay. Did he have one of those like Paul Blart things? The, the what's it called? Those segways? Segway. Yes, they did. Oh, yes. Awesome. He had yep. a Segway. Okay. Yeah, that movie's very popular in my household. <laughs> <laughs> the Segway and the uniform that just yes. pulls you right yeah. in. But, for me, yep. Did he have a mustache? He did not. No, not when oh, I. Oh well, he's not a full. I one later on, but I quickly. Put the put the next on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, like, so you worked at Crate and Barrel. I always think of Crate and Barrel as being like a very beautiful place to like, you know, I love looking at the pictures of it and everything like that. It's something that I would love my house to look like that. I don't know how on God's green earth I would ever do that unless I pulled a friends. Well, you we know, we're just walking through Crater. Hobby Lobby this morning going. We just need somebody with taste. And just like give them a thousand bucks and That's say, make designer. it look nice. That's called a designer, honey. That's what you do. Do you remember the episode from Friends where they had like the Pottery Barn catalog and they just made their apartment the Pottery Barn catalog? Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what, That's I think what you need. Yeah. yeah. Now, how did you guys go for, so you met um, at the mall. And so how did you know that Evan was going to be like husband material? Um, I think he just, 
really balanced me out really well. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm definitely an overthinker. Um, and I am a very emotional person and he is very, if you ask anyone that knows him, he's just very even keeled. He's very calm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't panic. He doesn't freak out. Um, and he's very, uh, analytical and logical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it really balanced me and calmed me down still to this mm-hmm. day. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, that was just, it just was easy. It was an easy fit for us. It was easy for us to be around each other. Oh, that's so good. That's, I, I love that. And now has, do you think that's um, continued throughout your marriage? Yes, like for the, sure. The it's, definitely gotten, it's gotten stronger. I think, I think I've gotten more, um, <laughs> I've gotten more anxiety ridden as I've gotten older um, and, and had a business and had four kids and he's, you know, so calm as ever. And um, still who I come to when I'm upset or just need to bounce ideas off of somebody you know, he's definitely my best friend and he's kind of like a silent business partner. I mean, really, he knows everything that's going on in my business, even though he's not the best of it. Um, he helps me make all the decisions. When, when you mentioned anxiety a minute ago and something yeah. we talk about commonly, what's, uh, what is anxiety like for you? <clears throat> um, it started really after I had probably my, I think my second or third child and it really hasn't gone away. Um, it's just like an over, overarching feeling of, of dread or like something bad is going to happen, even though logically I know it's not. I just always kind of have that weight on my chest. And then if something minor does happen, it's like a huge deal to me. It's like I can't let it go. Um, and I overthink about everything. So <laughs> I've definitely gotten better in the last couple of years, but it still happens. I mean, you know, things, life happens and it's going to continue to happen, I'm sure, you know, forever. <laughs> You know yeah. what? This is really interesting that we're having this conversation because I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about anxiety and the person that they were interviewing said that they really, when they tapped into like their creativity, some of their anxiety was like relieved a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Has that ever been true for you? Yeah. And I think that's maybe one of the main reasons I started my businesses because I just felt like something was missing. And I, I just was, I had nothing to like pour my, my thoughts. And, you know, if you're overthinking and you have nothing to, to refocus off of your overthinking, um, you're just going to overthink forever. So it definitely gave me an outlet to, to kind of pour all that into, and it's helped a lot for sure. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. Like I, I think that for you, honey, too, for like, when you are battling anxiety, I'm like, and sometimes you're so mired in it that you feel like, oh, I, I don't have time to do it or whatever. But if you just like, you you love photography. Yeah. And what, like for you and for Aaron too, I'm just wondering like, what is it about photography, Aaron, that just like kind of really lights you up from the inside? Because for me, I can just be like, oh, here's a picture of the kids. I mean, it's cute or whatever, <laughs> but... Well, I think it depends what I'm photographing, but for sure, you know, what I photograph is people and I love, um, I really love showing the person how I see them because I I feel like when I, when people come into the studio, I can see in my mind what their photos are going to look like and how they're going to look. And they're so stuck in their ways of, you know, not loving themselves or not wanting their photo taken or being nervous. And so when I'm able to show them the finished product and see them like, see it match up in their mind. Like, that's really me. That's really what I look like. Um, that is the best feeling for me by far. 
Wow. Like, what do you think makes people so nervous about um, getting their picture taken? I know a lot of people that are like, oh, please don't take my picture. Like, just take pictures of the kids or, you know, something like that. Pretty much every woman says that, including me. I love (laughs) having my picture taken. I think what it comes down to is probably two things. Number one, most people don't know how to take a good picture. So we've been photographed in in a bad light pretty much our whole lives. Um, you know, unless you've had a, an amazing professional take your picture, but if someone's just t- taking a cell phone picture or taking a picture with their camera and they're not trained, it's not going to show you in your best light. Mm. I think number two, um, you have to really trust the person taking the picture. And if, even if they are a good photographer and you don't, maybe don't know them and you don't trust them yet, that's going to show on your end and that's going to show in the picture. So it's just kind of having that trust, um, and, and just knowing that that person knows what they're doing, that's going to make such a huge difference. But for the most part, we have that. And so we go into it so nervous that that person's going to make us look horrible. Now, the truth is like every one of us has a camera in our hand at all times, basically. So for like, Hey, this is one of my pet peeves and Aaron, you just chime right on in because I'm sure you have like a million of them. So everybody is a quote unquote photographer because they have a camera in their hand at all times. Right. Um, what about the group picture where there's like a second row and then everybody in the first row squats down, like they're taking a crap, like what on earth? Seriously. (laughs) That is the worst. It is the you worst. Look like a total idiot. Like why do you do that? I'm a tall person, so I'm always in the back row. But I'm always like trying to <laughs> encourage the people in the front. Don't do that. You look crazy. Like people why don't, do they don't know. Yeah, people just don't <laughs> pose. It's it's no. It's really not their fault. <laughs> But like, okay, so let's isolate that person that is in the front row. That person that's, first of all, you're five feet tall. You don't need to do that in front of me. Like, it's okay. I'm almost six feet tall. It's going to work. It's all right. Um, But like, if you just took a picture of yourself, just that, nobody else is in the picture. You look crazy. Yeah, you look terrible. Okay, so tell me, tell me, tell me some of your other posing pet peeves because I I feel like we could have a really good conversation about that. Posing is my jam, and I really pride myself on my posing and knowing my posing. But you know, most even professional photographers don't know how to pose all body types, and that is a huge, huge deal. Um, So I'm a huge advocate for you know, posing education, (laughs) because if you can pose properly, you can really make anyone look amazing. Um, and, and, you know, the camera really does, it can add 10 pounds. The lens you use can add weight. And so knowing how to pose and and light people is going to make such a huge difference. Yeah. Like what you said for different body types, you have to pose differently. Like, for us just normal folks out there if you know our friends taking a picture of us do you have any thoughts for different body types of how they should be stand or not stand or pose or not pose for pictures oh yeah for sure I mean some of the the main tricks that anyone can use are if you're standing towards the camera you don't want to be face on with the camera just you know shoulder to shoulder that's just not going to make anyone look good so you want to always turn to an angle put your weight on the back foot. You basically want to pull the weight away from the camera lens and that's going to make you smaller or more normal size, I should say, rather than larger. Because anything coming towards the camera lens is going to appear larger. 
Um, another trick that we use is chin out and down, or some people call it the turtle. So you want to just stick your chin out and down when you're in a picture. Um, it get, gets rid of the double chin. Because you out, know, out, as soon as the camera come up, yeah. What do you do as soon as somebody pulls out the camera? You go like this. And that just, there oh, goes. gosh. And you squat. And you squat. basically do the opposite of what we should be doing so yeah down weight on the back foot that's going to make a world of difference right there (laughs) wow okay I love that and how about like okay so this is is like a master class for me right now because (laughs) actually uh, so on the computer we've got the the video with Aaron and then I've got your website with with images scrolling past it's like Chris Russell and Rachel and, and all these other people that we know of and then just other clients, these amazing pictures, and you're talking about the posing, the chin, and the, and, and you're like, oh like, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, I see it, I see down. it. Everyone's doing it. Yep. <laughs> okay, so for kids, so we're coming into the holiday season. We've got cards coming up. We want to capture the kids, the pets, the you know, the whole deal. We need to do our holiday card this weekend. Well, <laughs> let's listen to what um, Aaron has to say first before we go all crazy. About but. Um, what advice do you have for dealing? You have four kids. How do you get kids to look cute in the pictures? Kids are really difficult to work with. I'm not going to lie. Um, and that's why I really don't usually photograph them, but I have, and I'm good with kids. It's just hard. (laughs) So, you know, the, but the number one thing I always tell people is don't, the parents are so worried about getting a good photo that what do they do is they get mad at the kids and what do the kids do? They melt down. So try to keep it casual, try to keep it fun. I think if you go into a shoot with smaller children, just saying in your head, anything I get, I'll be happy with and not expecting a magical photo where everyone's looking directly at the camera and smiling, you're going to be a lot happier. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, capture that. And that's awesome. That's icing on the cake, but I, I just say, keep it, keep it lighthearted and keep it fun for the kids. You don't want them to be traumatized every time they have a picture taken in the future yeah. because they're always in a bad mood, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I wonder too, like just um, capturing those beautiful moments. Like I know for us, we have like a million beautiful pictures. I mean, a million not so beautiful pictures too <laughs> that we need to probably just get rid of. But, and you probably have a thought on like what pictures to keep and what not to keep. Cause sometimes you're like, go for like a cute day in the park or something and you take a hundred pictures and you're like, all 20 of these are amazing. <laughs> yeah. But like, what are you going to do with 20 pictures of them coming down the slide? Like, it's just not a thing. Exactly. It's like, it's hard how when do you're... you know what to pick and what to choose and what well, to hang? And like, and like, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a thing like my dad who is half blind and, and, you know, wow. couldn't, could God, like, I love him. God, God bless him. God rest his but soul. he couldn't take a great picture to save his life. And so Ooh. he would say, oh, you know, if you take two or 300 pictures and you get one, Right. Good one, you're doing well. I'm like, I think that ratio might be a little off. Two or three hundred to get one. Yes. But it would be the same thing. And then and and then like and he got it from his parents who like when my grandmother passed away, we went through boxes, and I mean like wardrobe size boxes yeah. of slide carousels. Yeah. <laughs> and they were pictures. I'm I'm not kidding you, pictures of the hood of the car. <laughs> at different, just down the road. And all you see is the hood ornament and a blur of trees. 
and we and, keep and those. Just, and I, and I, th- I feel like that's what we have in our own way, right? Like, right. We've, we've had this ability to take selfies and take pictures constantly. And so we have just a crap load of crappy pictures. Yeah. All right. So Aaron, educate us. Well, how do we know what to keep and what to get rid of? You really, you have to just say to yourself, okay, I'm going to be strict. I have to get rid of these. And you really need, I, I really feel like you'll get an emotional response to the ones you want to keep. It might not be the best photo where everyone's smiling. It might be the one where, you know, they're cracking up and not looking at the camera or they're doing something goofy. Those are the ones in five or 10 years, you're going to look back on and go, oh my gosh, I remember that was so much fun. Um, you know, keep keep one or two where everybody's smiling, but you don't need 800 of the same photo. And I was totally guilty of this when I started. I would way overshoot, and then I'd have to go through hundreds of photos that looked almost the same. <laughs> um, and now I shoot extremely quickly when I shoot, and I just, I try to to call it down as I'm shooting. You know, I'm not going to sit down there and shoot the same thing 30 times. So just try to be strict with yourself. Tell yourself going into the shoot, Um, or into the, you know, sitting at the computer going through and say like, I know I need to cut this down a half or something like that. Um, You know, I think 30 images from any sort of photo shoot is more than enough. Yeah. Wow. 30. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good number too. No, I'm wondering you said, so your husband is kind of like the silent partner in your business. How did you guys realize like how did you realize hey I want to be a photographer I'm gonna start a business like how did that all come about looking back I'm like I was such a nut but basically (laughs) um, at the time we had three kids they were all five and under and um, my husband had been laid off recently so we were living in my parents had like a finished uh, basement apartment and we were all five of us were living down there Um, and I just I knew I didn't want to leave the kids I wanted to be home with the kids but I knew I had to do something for not just for myself and my creative outlet, but to help with the income. And so I had always loved photography, but like I said, I didn't know anything about it. I had never really used a camera except like a point and shoot. Um, But I went to high school with some really, what turned out to be some really talented and amazing photographers. And one girl in particular had a thriving wedding business. And so I wrote to her and I said, hey, do you think this is something I could do? She had kids also. I was like, how realistic is this really? Um, and P.S. I have no money to buy anything. <laughs> um, and she was, bless her heart. I mean, really, she was so nice. And she just said, like, you know, here's what you can start out with. It was like the bottom of the barrel Canon camera. I used my tax refund to buy it. Um, and I just worked my way up from there. I read blogs. I watched YouTube. You know, all my training in the beginning had to be free because I just didn't have the money. Um, and that's how I learned. And then once I started to develop my business and actually charge, I would, I put that money back into learning, taking actual workshops and stuff like that. And, and luckily for me, it really kind of snowballed, um, quickly. And like I said, looking back, I just didn't know any better. I was just like, I'm just going to start a business. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That, well, that naivety is, is, I think it's important in a way. It is. Yeah. I, I honestly, the, one of the biggest things I look at how in running our businesses, how much challenge and trial has gone into it's because I over, I've said this tw- twice now, I overthink <laughs> it. Like, you know, and there's a certain amount of just, you just pull the ripcord and go for it. Yeah, for sure. You just, I, I feel like as much as I overthink things, I also know when I, I just have to take the leap. Um, I'll, I'll overthink about it later, but <laughs> when that's a big decision like that. You know, I kind of, I tend to just jump into it. 
every time. And now we interrupt this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast to bring you a word from our sponsors, us. <laughs> All right. So we know that communication is the hardest part of marriage, right? Yeah. And the story goes something like this. You talk about the bills, the crushing the chores, keeping the kids alive. But it feels like you become really good roommates, yeah. not the soulmates you were when you got married. Maybe the busyness of life and the trials and challenges of raising a family have just worn you down. Maybe you're just more comfortable having transactional conversations instead of passionate, transformational, exciting ones. Oh, the good news is that by making seven small shifts, you can get on the same page and have conversations that matter and then infuse more intimacy and connection into your marriage. Oh yeah. So what are those shifts? We've spent more than a decade researching and working with couples to distill down the seven most powerful shifts that couples can make to build more intimacy and connection. Nobody else is teaching this stuff at any price. And this free resource is available now at legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets, the number seven secrets. And the good news is you can make these shifts, just break out of that roommate zone and transform your marriage without making your spouse sit through some boring workshop, endless counseling sessions, or sitting knee to knee naked in some weird sweat lodge, braiding each other's hair and holding hands while a bunch of people sit around staring at you singing Kumbaya. Was that just us? That Awkward. <laughs> so grab this free resource today at legendarymarriage.com slash seven, the number secrets and start building a life, a love and legacy together today. And now back to the show. All right, honey, I'm going to play this recording back just so you know. When you Every time you say, I'm overthinking things, I'm going to find this interview with Aaron, and I'm going to push play. All right, I'll take go, that stuff out in editing. I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it my ringtone on my phone. You're trying to weaponize. A, like On a podcast that's ostensibly about helping couples have conversations that matter so they can build stronger marriages, you want to weaponize something I've said. Against me. Is just, that what you're saying? Just, is that what you're saying? Justin Fun. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Justin okay. Fun. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. Are you going to play that back? You see too? how this goes? You see how this goes? Oh my gosh. Okay. So you said you've been married, you and Evan have been married for 16 years, four kids. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're, you talked about how, like, the two of you play off of each other. You have different strengths and, and, and uh, talents. What are some of the 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 challenges that you guys have gone through? Like you kind of alluded to it. You start, he had been laid off. You started the business. But what are some of the challenges you've gone through? And what have you learned about yourself, about each other, about life along the way? Um, I think the things that really stand out are there were probably four or five times over the last nine years where I just wanted to quit my business. I was like over it, done. Um, and he was like, no, babe, this is your thing this is what you're good at. And I was mad at him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you can't force me to keep my business. Um, but he, no, you're, you're too good, um, you know, to, to quit. And he didn't let me quit. So even though it was like a challenge and a fight at the time, it really was, um, what I needed. And I think that happens a lot, you know, he'll say something and I'll, I'll be upset, but then I realize he was right. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, oh, there's probably a kernel of truth in there. Yeah. There, oh, there always is. And like I said, I trust his judgment. Um, but there of course have been, I think anyone that has their own business, there's going to be like that feast or famine. Um, and so we've had a lot of famine times that have been really difficult. 
um, while we're in them. But I really, truly believe that they have strengthened our marriage. Like, I, I feel like our marriage is a million times better now than, you know, day one. Um, and that, that gives me peace just knowing that like anything that comes up in the future, it might be hard while we're in it, but it, in the, in the end, it's going to make us stronger as a team. Yeah. Mm. I like that. I'm, I'm wondering too, like you said, um, that there was like times when you're just like, I just want to quit this business. What was it about the business that you were like ready to throw in the towel? Well, it's usually, you know, something that I was my fault. Like I hadn't properly set something up or properly communicated. And so clients were, you know, this was back in the day when I barely charged anything. They were really dealing and, you know, trying to, you know, take advantage of me. And I'm a, I'm kind of a pushover. So, (laughs) you know, for me, for him, it would be an easy, like, no, I'm not going to do that. And for me, I'll just sit there and in turmoil for a week about it. So I just, there were points Um, I I think that always comes before like a breaking point. Something always is going to happen that you're just like, this is it, I'm over it. And then if you push through it, you're going to come out with an even better, stronger business on the other end of it. Um, Again, something I've learned over nine years and like just preface this by saying I sound cool and collected right now, but I am, (laughs) I would be a wreck during those times. You know, I was really, really ready to quit and really emotional about it. So yeah. (laughs) kind of kept me on track with that for sure we get it yeah I feel like like also there's like when you're in your own business you have this sense of urgency like okay like it's always going to be like this like if I don't pull the report now I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life you know yeah (laughs) like okay well maybe that's not exactly true like I could it could we could let this ride. I don't have to respond to this email. Probably eh, give it a couple of days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I love that you do some boudoir photography. So this is couples that listen to this, I know that I would be extremely nervous to do mm-hmm. something like that. What, what value or what inspiration would you give to couples? Like if they're maybe thinking about doing something like that, or maybe just the woman or just the man, like what's the advantage? Uh, Wait, of do doing you do boudoir like photography with, with both? Like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Without? Some sure. people do. I don't. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. I say, I only shoot I, the ladies. I'm, I'm pretty cool with just about anything. Like as a coach, you, you just get used to it. People come up with stuff and you're just like, oh, okay. Justin, that's you, know what you, do, you could do, you could do I, the spot in the front. Oh, geez. And then I could be behind you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Some dude wire. Oh, is that a real thing? Oh my gosh. It's kind of like a joke term us photographers use. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. It's a whole nother business, right? (laughs) Doudoir secrets. Yeah. I I won't be sure. Hackers, something like that. I can picture it like almost being like, like, okay, so picture like the fireman calendar or whatever, but it's like the cheesy version of it. Yeah. Like some guys like got his beer gut and he's got like the over, like the overalls and he's like really hamming it up. I did that on Facebook. It was going around. Oh, Oh, we'll have to look into that. We'll look at that. You can look into that. I don't have any interest. All right. There you go. See, as much interest as men have in the female form, we don't necessarily have it in the male form. Beauty is beauty, honey. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, seriously, about the boudoir, not the doudoir, but the boudoir. I'm, I am thrilled that you're cur- that you're about this because in my head, there's pictures all over our bedroom of of you. Wow. Well, our kids come I, in I mean, there in the middle of the night, so no pressure. I think that maybe like in your wallet. My wallet. I don't know. You don't. There's no place for pictures and wallets anymore. <laughs> okay, this is we're gonna sound so old talking about this, but like. I would I would never ever in my entire life think to take uh any kind of boudoir boudoir picture yeah. on the phone because it syncs up to the cloud and all that stuff and like I I like I, I too no. risky. It's too risky. It's too risky. You should you should definitely not shoot boudoir with a phone. That's not gonna look good. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not gonna look good. But if you just like, definitely like, an art like camera, like a real camera, that's not syncing to a cloud. Right? Yeah, no. Well, some do. But. Well, no, not probably not all. Okay. So anyway. back to Aaron. Okay. Wow, we have like derailed, jumped to the tra- okay. shark, and gone down rabbit That's okay. Holes. I want to know. All at the same time. What's the inspiration? Like, how do you, how do you get past the? Oh, that's so freaky. Uh, so this is funny. Boudoir is actually all I shot for my first two years of business. That is wow. first. Thing I discovered. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is for me. I just knew that it was really a women's empowerment thing. Um, and as many times as women say, I'm doing these for my husband, it, they're not, it's really for them. And it almost sounds counterintuitive because yeah, you're going to be so nervous. You don't want to get down in your underwear on camera. Like you're, you're going to hate them. You're going to look fat. Like that's what you're thinking. But it, the total opposite happens every single time the women leave feeling amazing. They haven't even seen the photos yet and they feel amazing. There's just something about it. Um, and the way I shoot it is very classy and, and pretty covered up. But I think it's just just like taking that step of like being vulnerable in front of the camera and saying, this is who I am. That really transforms the woman on the inside. And then when they see the beautiful finished photos, um, you know, that's just like an amazing, amazing thing for them to see. And then of course, yeah, the husbands love it, but... <laughs> No. The real, and I'll tell you what I love about the idea. I'm like, I'm scrolling through your the the gallery right now as you're saying it. It's it's going through on the screen, and I'm like, it's it's not about nipples and toes no. or whatever you know pornographic thing, right? Uh, yeah, these women look incredibly powerful, strong. Like I think Wonder Woman, not yeah, yes, porn star or whatever. No, no, I mean, and I'm sure some people shoot it that way, but no, that's not how I shoot it, and that's not what I want, um, you know, for my client to feel. I want them to feel that or the soft, the the beautiful, that this is what being a woman is a, is about. Kind yeah. Of. Oh my god. Now here's my question: How do you display this, like in your home? Like you just said, <laughs> oh, you're gonna hang a bunch well, in there, the I'm bedroom. Looking, there's nothing here that I like. If the kids saw it or your parents came to visit or something, there's nothing here that would be like, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I would blow it up to be like four by eight feet okay. in the front room. I watched this. I watch a show called "I'm Sorry," and the weird dad. The whole okay, front, that one maybe I wouldn't. The whole front hallway is boudoir photography of his woman, and I'm That's like, weird. yes. This is a true story. Well, yeah. oh, it's a show, but whatever. But I just want to know, like, how would you, how do you advise your clients to display? I personally sell albums because they're easy to tuck away. 
I also sell what's called a folio box, which is just like a beautiful leatherette box and they, you can mount them and print them and put them inside the box. Again, it can be out, but it's not like out in front of your face. Um, that said, I've had a lot of clients buy wall art. Um, so I try to shoot like what you call as like a, a body shot or a detail shot where their face isn't really showing. So it looks more like an art piece Yeah, and it could be on the wall and not be like so obvious, like, hi, here I am. But people have bought, you know, they put them in their bedroom, they put them in their walk-in closet, they put them in their bathroom. I don't think anyone's put them in their living room <laughs> that I've shot. That would be a little odd. Maybe the master bathroom, that would be a good place. Yeah, they, and it, it, it is a cool, cool place for them. And if it's shot right, like it really is beautiful, you know? And you know what? Honestly, like this might be a little controversial, but like, okay, so we hang it in our master bath. And the girl, get the, put your photo album. No, no, away. no, no, no. I'm okay. Just keep talking. I got one. Justin's here. getting it. Oh Lord. I don't know what you're going to pull out of there. Um, but if you're saying like, obviously it's about women empowerment and like being happy with your body and all that. Like, I mean, I've definitely got like some stretch marks. I've had two kids. Like, I don't know how great that's going to look on film, but not, do, we're not doing anything like this. <laughs> just leave that alone um that the girls would see that and they could be like oh you know mom is a woman and I'm gonna be a woman someday too and look she's proud of her body and I want to be proud of my body too so it's not like a weird sex thing like I'm thinking of my mom as being a sexual being but I'm just proud of my body yeah absolutely and no no one needs that more than girls in, the, in these generations right now. I mean, yeah. they're attacked from every angle. So I think that's so important. And even if it's not like a super sexy boudoir picture, even just, I, I just encourage women to be in the photos because I just know from personal experience, we're the ones taking them. We don't want to be in front of the camera, but when your kids are older, they're going to look for photos of you. And what are they going to see? Probably like two. And that's really sad. And so that's, that is really what drives me in my business is like just getting women in front of the camera. I don't care if you're in a bra. I don't care if you're in a gown. I don't care if you're in jeans and a t-shirt. Just be in photos for, for your loved ones because they love you. They want to see photos of you mm-hmm. about your marks. You might care, but they don't. So do it for them as well as, well as for yourself. Well, and, and I think and this is, I'm going to wade into some dangerous waters here. All right, go for it. Um, just, just men are visual. We are visually oriented. We have a a Rolodex, so to speak. There's other terms for it, but we have a Rolodex of images in our heads. And like, I think, I think I love the boudoir photography because it, it, it's, it means you're the image. Yeah. We want you in the photos because like we are just visually oriented. It's not all about sex. It's just, it is, it's about it's about we are so visually oriented that, um, yeah, we want, we want it's just it's good to have you be yeah. the star in that picture. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever saw, um, I think it was Dove did like a commercial series where they had men come in and watch or look at photos of the women in their lives and like their heart rate went up, like their um, hormone levels went up. It's, and they weren't like, boudoir images they were just images and it was just yeah yeah, that men are visual and that they love seeing pictures of the women they love in their lives it was really cool 
Oh, I, is it the same with like family members, like kids and stuff like that too? Oh, I'm sure. And there's actually a study done on kids that um, kids that have their own um, photos hung up on the wall have higher self-esteem. And I'm sure that goes for women too, because I have a photo, it's a beauty photo that I had done and I have it hanging up by the laundry room. So whenever I go to do my laundry, I see it and I'm like, Hey, that's me. I can look like that. I just think seeing yourself in the best light, no matter what age you are, who you are, it just gives you that little boost every time you see that photo. Oh, I love that. And that makes me think too, is like, I'm like, we don't have that many photographs of the family up around, but some of them that we have are like, the kids are quite a bit younger. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts or tips of like, how to display the pictures of the family around the house and like how often to change them? Or do you leave up old pictures or how does that go? It's so cool now because there are so many cool products you can buy that make it really easy to change out. Um, you know, you can of course do like classic frame photos and yeah, you can change them out. I, I kind of rotate mine. So like we just move the, the younger kid photos up to the upstairs loft and like downstairs will be more current photos. Um, you know, definitely don't get rid of them, but there's even cool things now. Like I think they're called wall tiles that you can just like stick on and off super easily. And how cool is that? It's like changeable art. So no matter how you print it, I say you, you need to print it. Um, you know, everyone in the family needs to see those and they need to be documented in some physical form besides on a hard drive, because we've all heard the horror story of someone losing their images and not being able to retrieve them because they never printed them, which makes me just want to throw up. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, we've lost some because of stuff like that too. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you think of like, you know, the people out in California going through all the wildfires and stuff is like, what did you grab? And, you know, I mean, honestly, you probably may not be able to grab either a hard drive or a print, you know, who knows, but um, it is, yeah, I think we need to do a better job of putting photos on the wall. It's just like building their self-esteem. Well, let's make a defiant decision to do it then. (laughs) Do it. All right. Do it. All right. The Christmas and we're going to go see Aaron in the spring. There we go. Yes, come see me. Ooh, got, go to Idaho. Ooh. We'll go up to Boise, spend a day with Aaron, get some get some hot boudoir. <laughs> some boudoir. Boudoir. And boudoir. If you do it, I'll do it. If you really want to see, if you really want to see pictures, you could do in that vein of me. I will do it. Oh man, I'm picturing like later hosen type of scene. Wow. That okay. is- <laughs> does your does your repertoire include fetish photography, Aaron? I mean, this is going to a dark place, you guys. Oh. I mean, I'm just because like we could get some like black latex, like the masks and like the no, the whole outfit, that. like the, no. the body suit That's thing. That's not fun. That's not fun. Later, I don't know. That's a new one. I like some fur. I don't know. Like okay, we've little... been watching Man in the High Castle lately, so I think. Oh, okay, that explains it. <laughs> Although nobody in that show is wearing later hosen, so they should be. There's German, but <laughs> I, don't know. I don't like. I don't like their German. I don't know whether to be intrigued by this comment or disturbed. I really <laughs> okay, Erin. Oh my gosh, we've got to wrap up here, but I want to know just. Uh, 
obviously our listeners are falling in love with you just like we are like how can we get um a little little peek of Erin what you're doing what you're up to your socials and all that yeah thank you uh, my website is erinblackwellstudio.com i actually have a free closing guide on there ladies that you can download awesome any photo um and then you can find me on facebook and instagram at i am erin blackwell all right, Erin, thank you so much for yeah, being on the podcast today. And just, and just like, thank you for taking that stuff out to, you know, to pick up a camera and do it. Because like, y'all, if you do nothing else, go to her website and just watch the galleries go by. Like it, it is, you do art. It is incredible photography. It is some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen. Thank and you so, so much. Thanks for bringing that into the world. Oh, thank you guys. And now, the Talk About It segment of the show. Each week, we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. Wow, honey, that was flawless. Even though you have the flu, that was pretty yeah. amazing. I think the flu helps like I rattle that. I don't have the that... flu. Okay, never mind. Your words have power. Okay. I'm in denial. <laughs> Here's your conversation starter question. Okay. If you could capture any family memory in a bottle, what would it be? Oh, man, I love this question. Because even if you don't have a photograph of it, like, I think for us, and I definitely don't have a picture of it, but it's, like, in my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, when we went to my grandmother's house that time when we were first dating and we brought her a Christmas tree and we lit it up and everything, and you and I were just newly together... Um, I would love to have like a picture of that, but it's just a picture in my mind at this moment. Yeah. All right. So you guys can talk about that this week. If you could capture any family memory in a bottle, what would it be? That's it for today's show. Grab your copy of the seven secrets of legendary marriages over at legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you. Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.